if you're doing the mundane stuff, it's still better than a lot of people have to do it every day to kind of, it's just about having perspective and, and the world around you, you know. We're not saving lives, we're really not. Um, we hopefully provide relief. Used to be for 90 minutes in the cinema, but now it's on your sofa and it's okay. You know, we're lucky to be able to do it. Welcome to the Opening Credits Podcast, where we shine the spotlight on the people behind the scenes of your favourite films and TV shows. In this podcast, we'll meet the people behind the design, who create for both fake worlds and the real world. We'll chat to film professionals about their experiences in the industry, their unique contribution to movie making, and how they apply their craft beyond the world of entertainment. Go behind the scenes of your favourite films and TV shows like never before, and meet the people who until now have been hidden in the credits. Hello, welcome to the Opening Credits Podcast. My name is Stephen Nutley. Thanks for joining me. This is the final episode of Season 1 of this podcast. A massive thank you to all of the guests who have taken the time out of their busy schedules over the last few weeks to come on for a chat. If you haven't heard their episodes yet, be sure to catch up while we're away and follow us on Instagram at Opening Credits to see more about them and their film work. Now, this week we have a fantastic guest for you to finish off the season. LA-based designer Tina Sherrard has worked on some of the biggest blockbuster films you could probably think of. Are you ready? The Batman, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Blonde, Avengers Infinity War, La La Land, Maleficent, Pirates of the Caribbean, to name but a few. And she's most recently worked on The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, and Marvel's Werewolf by Night. But despite her impressive list of credits, Tina is not one to self-aggrandize. Instead, Tina talks to me in this episode about the realities of her job, that it's as much mundane as it is magical, and how she feels the glamour of the movies often disguises the reality of making them. Tina tells us about her move from the UK to the US, from advertising to filmmaking, and offers her straightforward advice to any designers considering a similar change in their career. Hi. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Whereabouts are you in the world? I know you're somewhere in LA. Uh, I am basically LA. I'm in a, in a city called Pasadena, which is kind of northeast. Yeah, cool. How long have you lived there for now? Ten years. Wow, okay. But you haven't always been based there, am I right? I was in London, so I was born in South Africa, but um, I grew up in the UK and studied there and worked there and then got into film there. Yeah, and then I met my future husband, who was English, but he lived in LA. And I just spent one too many weeks not seeing sunshine, um, <laughs> thinking this is not a quality of life. And I thought, okay, I'm going to go move. But all the, I, I mean, it was a film city, but that was not my mind at all. I just thought I'm moving somewhere where I can have a better quality of life. So yeah. that's chose. Having worked on such a variety of films and shows over the years, I wanted to start off by asking you what you like most about your job, what your favourite part of it is. Mm, what's my favourite part? Um, I mean, I'm kind of known and I, 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 I love doing the large kind of weird scenic things, you know, large mm. scale murals. I don't yeah. get them as often as I did, obviously. But, um, you know, I quite, I like, I like those things. I love it when working for designers who let me do my thing. 
which is seemingly rarer and rarer. You know, we're not you're not copying something from a photograph. You know, and like like the thing I just posted about the the bay. The designer said to me, "Let's do a bay of tapestry with monster murals, with marble monsters." And I was like, "What?" Yeah. And then this it's is like for, uh, werewolf by werewolf. Name? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "What?" And then I was like, "What?" And obviously, I was like, "Who are these people?" I go into Marvel Wikipedia looking up <laughs> who is Man Thing. Um, but luckily, I have some friends who are diehard fans. So I'd be like, nice. "Tell me some good monsters to put in there." Um, so I like I like that sort of I don't I like things that have not been done. You know, mm. I remember when we did when I did Maleficent. Um, the designer who I loved to bits said to me, I do not, this is not a historical piece. I don't want a Flemish recreation. He was like, imagine a Flemish tapestry meets Grace and Perry. I sat there for like four days going, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> and I kind of, wherever we ended up, whether that you could say that is a Flemish tapestry meets Grace and Perry is debatable, but I kind of loved where we ended up. And it was just the obscure task you know mm-hmm. like there's nothing to copy from so yeah. i like those challenges and on and, and at the same time i love an absolute faithful recreation yeah so those are my two favorite pieces yeah and how about the least favorite part of what you do what would you say is the worst bit my worst bit oh maybe hang on maybe consoles oh yeah Screens. i think I think, yeah, well, like, not actually the screen work, because luckily I don't have to do that. Um, I mean, the the nonsense buttons on spaceships. I would do a hospital directional signage over spaceship console. Thing. Yeah, yeah. You had to do a lot of that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, no, a lot. I mean, I've done some, which I now know too, when I get the call and I think it smells like it's going to be one of those shows. <laughs> I am busy. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of the worst parts, I know that you like to talk about the realities of the job and avoid so much focusing on just the glamorous side of it. Is that right? I don't believe this. There's a lot of sort of hype around this industry. Of that's kind of slightly fantastical, and people get so excited about the ro- the romance and the sexiness of it and the elusiveness. And mm. like anything, it's it's really it's kind of luck. It's talent it's being at the right place at the right time and it's got every other shitty part that other jobs have you know yeah it's not all hero props there are things you have to make which are more tedious i suppose we have a ton of tedious shit we have to make you know yes there's some loveliness and of course i mainly put the lovely stuff when i can remember to put on my instagram but uh, you know, what I love sometimes are the absolute, you know, I, I mean, I've had to make a lot of food products that, I could, that we couldn't find access to. and But it's really boring. And maybe it's an ice cream container. I mean, that's not an exciting piece of art. You know, and it's not my design, but I, you know, I made elevator buttons. That is not a sexy job. But the thing is, yeah. you get a lot of that stuff. And you've got to know that you're going to have to do it. And you're going to have to go okay and do it with a smile on your face. You know, yeah, it's not yeah. all beautiful you know victoria you know Mm. do you think that's Um, the part of your job that probably doesn't get spoken about enough absolutely like i love listening to was it dd with the screens i'm one of the hard bear screens as soon as i get it i get a twitch (laughs) that's not me 
And when I heard how how excited she was about it, how much she loved it, what a great job she does with them, and I was like, exactly. There's we all have different skills and slants to our skills, and there's so much work for different people. You know, that's what I want to say. You don't need to be competitive. We've got to help each other. You know, I always put up people for for jobs that I don't think I'm suitable for, and you know, vice versa. And I think that there's a lot of people don't realize the the, the mundane stuff we have to do, but it's okay. We get, we get to do what we have to do. And some of that is really lovely work. And sometimes it's always really fucking tedious and you still got to go and do it. But the lucky thing is it only lasts for three months or six months or yeah. three weeks. Yeah. You know, it's not, not tied to it, but 30 years like some people. So it's like, it's a perspective shift. If people are aware that it's, there's a huge variety of work to do. And sure, you can get to the state where you can choose your jobs. Great. You can do you can do that. But no. I would just say you need to realize that there's a lot of unsexy stuff that's also satisfying. You know, I find that stuff sometimes quite satisfying. If I want a brain dead computer day, that's when I'll be like, oh, I'm going to recreate this. Or, you know, there's a, I kind of enjoy that work. I enjoy it all. Yeah. Do you think as this, the more people talk about the realities of it, do you think that is in turn eventually just going to I think improve... it's going to help you. Yeah. yeah, it's going to improve people's expectations, then ultimately yeah. the industry is going to benefit from that. Yeah, because I think I see, a, I see a lot of people who see all the beautiful work and they think, oh, you know, and they, I don't know, they've maybe been in an ad agency where they turn up at 9.30 and leave at 5.30 and they mm. think they're just going to make these beautiful kind of handmade telegrams all day and that's not what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. I think it's really doable. I think it's a great job. I think it's a wonderful job. And I think that I would encourage people to look into it. It's, you know, the thing is, what's nice is there's so many challenges. You get, you don't particularly like the project or the subject matter you're working on. It's okay. It's only going to last a few months. It's only going to be, you know, it's not forever. You haven't signed on to a corporate job that you stay at until you quit. Same way if you work with someone and there's a bit of a personality, I don't know, disjoining or mm-hmm. it's okay just manage and then you don't you know you'll go on to another show it doesn't have yeah. to be such um you know it's I think it's quite a good job if you're able to switch around you know what I mean like you've got to be able to change your hat pretty quickly mm-hmm. you need to be a team player I think um I always describe myself as wanting to be the best background fairy and if that feels like that suits your personality it's great because your work may not be seen people are always asking me are you upset no i'm not if mm. i got upset every time i'd done something and it didn't make the screen i'd be locked up in a padded cell you gotta know that you're, you're creating a world you're creating a language and your stuff shouldn't be noticed if you're good you shouldn't notice it yeah it should just it should lay it should layer the same way the beautiful set decoration has layered you have layered you know, the age of the paint in the age, you're all working together to create this believable world, whatever it is, whether it's based in reality or fantasy, you know, your stuff is not meant to be high look at me. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you know that and you're like, oh, that's great. I want to be part, you know, because what you probably think you love about the job is exactly that. It's that you loved what that show looked like and you bought into it and you, but you weren't looking there going, look at that incredible sign. Isn't that sign just so amazing? Mm-hmm. you know um so you know if you like that what you think you like the look of the job then it probably will suit you i think because you know it's 
Yeah, you're like layering texture into into the world. Yeah, but it's not to say that it's not a great job. But as long as you know that you will also have to do some boring stuff too. But that's okay. That mm. it is called work. You know, it's yeah. not it's not meant to be twelve hours of fun all day. Mm-hmm. But we do have a lot of fun, and there's a lot of great things we get to do. I think we're really lucky with our job. I mean, I'm incredibly grateful for it and the life it's given me. And I respect it. And I also, without sounding like some corny American politician, but that's why I treat everything I do with the same level of respect, whether it's a beautiful, lovely mural or it's recreating a basketball roster, you know. And there's some some takes a little bit more geeing up to be like, come on, Tina, make this whatever. But I do. I treat everything with the same level of respect and care and finish. And Mm -hmm. I think then you all enjoy your job because you'll be proud of whatever you're making. And let's be honest, if you're doing the mundane stuff, it's still better than a lot of people have to do every day to kind of put money on. It's just about having perspective and yeah. the world around you. You know, we're not saving lives. We're really not. Um, we hopefully provide relief. Used to be for 90 minutes in the cinema, but now it's on your sofa and it's okay. Mm. You know, yeah. we're lucky to be able to do it. Mm. Yeah. I guess you said <clears throat> there's almost like a silver lining in that even the mundane stuff yeah, is still world building <laughs> and it's still part of it. But it you know, say it's it's still not a bad job. It's just like a less romantic. Yeah, so that's the problem is that when there's too much, and this is, I think, social media, but, you know, I spend too much time on it. I have another a main account that I use, but that's just to follow all my rescue cats. That's how mad I am. It's human nature. You just want to post beautiful stuff and, and of course you should, and I'm guilty of it too. And I am going to post those elevator buttons one day. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I just, I think people have an unreasonable expectation of what sometimes the job's going to be. And, you know, it's everyone's right to choose what they want to work on. But I just think you should be a bit more realistic about what it's going to entail. Yeah. So what would you say is the ratio then between the more exciting part of your job and the less exciting part? Elevator buttons and magical stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's slightly difficult. Look, you see, I'm going to turn on myself now. I now choose jobs according to... I don't choose jobs according to what I think is going to be a great film or, you Mm. know, star appeal. I choose it according to who's on the show, who I'll be working with. Yeah. um, And kind of what I think the show will be like culturally. Mm -hmm. And then also, is it going to be fun to make the stuff? So, but yeah, 35% tedium, 35% high. We need to cover this parking meter in Atlanta to be New York. We need to, I need this bus. I need, you know, yeah, Mm -hmm. maybe 30% 30 of my world is that now. Mm -hmm. So it's still there. It's still substantial. Yeah. So like a 30-70 split. Yeah, I would say so. On the subject of managing expectations of anyone who might be considering a design role in the film industry, would you recommend they try to get some experience in an art department in order to get a taste of the realities of it and the more industry-specific skills? Yeah, I absolutely think you need to spend time in the department. And even if it's in the holidays, you know, maybe you can reach out. I see lots of great things happening in the UK now, like sort of mentorship um, programs or, you know, because you think you maybe want to be an art director. You want to be a set. But when you actually get into the art department, you're like, oh, my God, I actually love making the props. I think I want to be more on that side. Or, mm. 
you know, God, I actually loved doing the fabric dyeing and distressing with, you know, seeing what they were doing. That's wild. I didn't even know that was a job. Yeah, I do think, I think if you can, and I think a lot of people have these skills. I mean, I, I learned Photoshop a very long time ago when there were no layers and no one does. <laughs> but I, I remember teaching it to myself from those kind of learning 24 hours books. And I think yeah. a lot of people have those skills now. So they have the basic Photoshop and they have those sorts of things. But you won't know how to fabricate for a show um, if you've done a you know, film degree or you've done a graphic design degree. You know, you'll, you'll have great skills, but you're not going to have, okay, this is actually how we're going to make this side or this is how we make that. You know, sometimes we make things, you know, I'll drop a smoke and mirrors and I think people sometimes forget that. It's not always made real. You don't have to make it. Most of the time you're cutting stuff out of gator board and, you know, sticking it with chewing gum. And, you know, so you need to kind of know the materials that we'll be using and what's affordable, what's a quick way to do it, yeah. you know, that sort of thing. It's a mixture and, and you only learn how to vend, I think, by watching people do it, mm-hmm. by seeing all of this is smoke and mirrors. No one's going to tell you. I have these cheat layers. We've all got them. But layers, which, you know, I to love all that lovely je ne sais quoi. Yeah. You know, I'm not repainting that every single time. And I, this is what my things look like without all the loveliness on top. It mm-hmm. looks pretty janky, right? But some find your loveliness, suddenly it's not so janky. Yeah. And I don't know why we don't really share that sort of information. I mean, I share that information because I'm clearly an oversharer. But, you know, it's, there's, it's okay to help people. Yeah. You know, they're not going to take away your job. Should there are tons of better graphic designers than me and I see them coming up and of course I there's a moment where I feel slightly like, <gasps> Am I gonna be redundant? And I think no, because I also have other things to offer and there's enough work for all of us. You Space know, for everyone, isn't there? Yeah. Of course there is. Yeah. Of course there is. It is open and you don't have to follow every straight route in. And you know, I came from advertising. And mm. ended up, you know, I got a job with a designer on a commercial and she asked for reference for something. And, you know, again, I didn't really know graphics was a job. So, you know, you can come in the, the weirdest ways. What would you say is the best way for newcomers to get into the industry? Should they prioritize getting those practical skills over more traditional design qualifications or film school, for example? Yeah, I don't think you have to. I mean, I, I can't imagine anyone saying you need to go to film school to be in the art department. I, I also see, I mean, university fees and art school fees are ridiculous here. And I I studied, you know, public art and urban design. I did like coal glass and mosaic. It has no, occasionally it has a bearing on my job. <laughs> but you don't need to go, you know, I would say to everyone, get a job as a PA. I think being a PA in the art department is a super useful way to start yeah and it's that sort of advice that i understand you like to offer to new film creatives yes yeah, so now i feel really guilty because there's always one or two messages i have not replied to in my dms and i do i try and reply to everyone who who messages me mm. um, and if i haven't i know there's one girl i was meant to do a zoom with and i can't remember and i couldn't find the email because i was like who was it i you know <laughs> if that's you email me again um i do i think um I want to support people because I think also you want better colleagues amongst us, right? You want people yeah, who are just better in every way, attitude, you know, understanding of the job, you know, not it's not just talent. You know, everyone I think makes a mistake that it's just about talent. We work very long hours together. 
And if you're an asshole, people are not going to want to hang out with you for 12 mm. hours a day. So there's lots of like how to manage your boundaries with people, how to um, manage your expectations, how to stand up for yourself, how to help other people, how to support your designer, you know, or how to make your work life easier and more efficient. You know, that can go for everyone. Yeah. You know, let the work stand for itself. Let your personality stand for itself. You know, you can you can give someone a hand. It doesn't, it's not going to take away from you. Yeah. And also, there are many PAs that I knew that I are now production designers. So that is another thing to remember. I don't, I've never wanted to be a production designer or anything else. So um, I'm really happy doing what I do. But, you know, there are people who start out as PAs and, and end up as production designers. And you've got to remember, if you were an arsenal to them, <laughs> People remember it. Yeah. I mean, that's the practical part. If you want to take out the humanitarian part of being a decent human, the practical part is if you're not nice and helpful, you know, those are the things people remember. And you have a background in branding and advertising. Do you offer similar advice to people who are looking to move into film from other areas of the design industry? I mean, I do get a few people who are, who are graphic designers trying to get into into film and I well if I can I'll meet and explain the difference because I know both worlds um and then it's normally but they, they they realize that they have to kind of get a a bit of savings together and then and then make the jump you kind of can't really it's, it's quite hard to do both at the same time you know like yeah. because you you have to be available and you have to be emailing people to give you a chance, you've got to wait for the one where they do give you the chance. And you can't suddenly go, oh, sorry, I'm still at my job at IBM. I'll mm-hmm. go get a month's notice, you know. Yeah, then it's, it's gone. Yeah, and it's gone. So um, it's, you know, sort of helping with the practicalities of that. Were you given any of that sort of advice when you made that move yourself between industries? How did it come about for you? I ended up in it. So I didn't dream about get, getting into film. When it was suggested to me, I actually wanted to do more set decorating because I've come from real world graphics. So when I came up, there were just a few of us in the UK, you know, there were not a ton of, of graphic designers and that were doing kind of, I don't know what you would call them, 10 pole shows. So I had to start all over again when I arrived in LA. I thought, oh, all the English designers I know are going to hire me. I've been doing huge films, blah, blah, blah. And I arrived and it was quite a shock to the system. I had to start out basically as if I had never done a film. I emailed and the way I did it was I thought, I want to work on the kind of projects I know I want to work on. And I'm going to look up who did those films. And so I didn't just blanket email everyone. Um, I, I emailed people whose work I really liked and respected. And what I did, I also put a resume, I put my resume in it and I did a short PDF of portfolio because you want to make it easy for people, right? So mm. you want to, and I, luckily because I come from branding, so I know how to make something look good and sexy um, in terms of like, okay, give them a bit of this, 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 this. And that was, I don't know, maybe I did five pages or six pages so that I know if, they, if they've opened the email, because I know we all e- we get the emails, you look at it, I often will click on the stuff. Um, you're like, oh, okay, that's someone to take seriously. Like they've got skills or they've got, and, and someone who has been doing branding and graphics in an advertising agency or design agency will have skills. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably be, have very high skills compared to a lot of people in film, if I'm honest. 
um, because you're used to finishing products to the end and you know it's going to be there for life. It's not a quick on-screen. So the your presentation level or all sorts of things I would imagine would be quite impressive. So I would go through lists of people whose jobs I liked, email them and say, look, these are my skills. I would love to, can I meet you for a coffee? Ask you, you know, I, I would love to get into this industry. You know, I'm prepared to do you know, work experienced, whatever it is. I, yeah. I would say it's very unlikely unless the the stars are shining on you and the wind's blowing the right direction, you are going to leave your job at land or whatever beautiful agency you're at and go, you know what? I'm going to go and get a job as a graphic designer on a film. It's just so incredibly unlikely. And you probably don't want to, if I'm honest, straight away because the pressure, your timelines are going to be very different to a film timeline or TV timeline. Yeah. And you want to start, even if you just have a couple of weeks watching, you notice the speed. You might think, God, they don't finish things very, you know, like they're a bit slapdash, but yeah, we can be a bit more slapdash. You're going to see it for a microsecond. You know, you're, the person in that world is going to have a very different way of thinking about things to how we think about it in film. It's thinking it's a whole different way of working, you know, being freelance and you know I still I don't know 25 years later still worry that I'm never going to get another call and this is the last job and it's it's human nature but you know you do you do get the calls and you do work but you have to stick with it you have to know that you really want to do it because it's a lot of safety to give up you know it's a tiring job so people are going to be aware of those hours you know it is not a nine to five job and, you know, so that there is all that to consider. You know, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people want, want all the glory and the the loveliness of it and the fantastic salaries, but then they want to work nine to five. And it, it's just never going to be a nine to five job. No. Well, that's great advice. And I'm sure people are grateful for people like you who are willing to share their experience and make things easier for them. Tina, we should probably finish on a slightly less serious note. What should we talk about? about my cats you know as everyone knows to be fair that is i put cats in every show really everyone has their oh my secret easter egg mine are cats oh yeah so they um they've popped up in the background somewhere uh there will be a cat not necessarily my cats who are called lady bird johnson and nancy reagan for all you american historical um first lady buffs um (laughs) No, but uh, yeah, there's, there'll be some sort of cat. I, it, it started as a joke and then it just rolled. That's amazing. Mm. And you've like, you're all going to look for all the Easter eggs. Where's the cat in in? Uh, did I shit? Did I put one in Lord of the Rings tapestry? I don't know. <laughs> I better go I'm back going, and I'm going to go back. I'll repaint it. <laughs> is there one in the werewolf? In werewolf? Yes, there is. Is there in the tapestry? Yes, there is. There is one in the tapestry, yeah. And then I just literally did an animation for two years about cats, and when they called me, I was like, is this a joke? Like, am I being pumped? <laughs> I mean, I was like, you don't even have to pay me. Um, what was that? It, well, that's uh, there's a poster. It's called Catty Wampus. It's a Gore Oh, Verbinski. yeah, I see it behind you now, yeah. It's a Gore Verbinski animation, um, which is sort of, we'll see when it comes out. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Tina, we've been chatting for a while, so I'll let you go and go and get yourself another cup of tea. Yes, I will. I'll sort you out. With my Fortnum and Mason's tea strainer. So you can take me out of London. 
Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, okay. Well, have a lovely weekend. Thank you. You too. Thanks Bye. again, Tina. Okay. Take care. Cheers. Bye. Thanks again to Tina for taking the time to come on the show. We'll be sharing some of Tina's design work on our Instagram, including those elevator buttons. So make sure you're following at opening credits to see those, as well as Tina's opening credits logo rework. You'll find all the links you need in the show description. That concludes the first season of the opening credits podcast. Season two will be coming in the near future. So make sure you're subscribed to the mailing list to be the first to know when we're back. You can sign up at openingcredits.net. There's been a focus on graphic design this season, but opening credits is about all areas of film design. So if you're a creative and want to come on to talk about your particular role, then get in touch. Send us an email, hello at openingcredits.net. Don't forget to join the Opening Credits Network if you're an established or aspiring film pro. And keep an eye on our socials while we're off the air to keep up to date with what we're working on for this creative platform. A huge thanks to all of you who've tuned in to listen to this podcast over the past 10 episodes. See you next season.